Hello, and welcome to I'm In Here, a space all about spirituality, healing, and awakening for Black women, inclusive of women of trans experience, as well as gender non-conforming and non-binary people of color. Here, I share tools and skills that have helped me along my spiritual and personal journey, and hopefully you will find some value in the information for your own journey to grow, heal, and align with your higher self. So this episode, um, it really is inspired by um, Bell Hooks and her 2001 book, All About Love, New Visions, which was part of a trilogy. The thing that I appreciate about Bell Hooks is the linking of the mind, the soul, the spirit, heart, like all in one. And in this 13 chapter, very concise book, she really talks about the rigors of love and what love is and what love is not. And so I am joined with Kendall on this episode. Warning for all, um, we will be talking about adult themes. We will be talking about mature subject matter. We will also, and we, as in me, will be using expletives <laughs> at times. Ultimately, though, in the discussion that we're going to have, it is about transformation. It is about love um, and really the rigorous aspect of love. Not the fairy tale, not the fancy, not the whimsical not even signing on or co-signing the way we have patriarchal love in this day and age, but really about the rigor of love and what that is. And for me, I think I'd like to start with the working definition that Bill Hooks gives in this book. Before we dive into this, is there anything that you want to say, Kendall? I think that I had a very, I won't even say two-dimensional, I think my idea of love was very one-dimensional. And as I've come to grow in myself and how I love others and myself, I realized that there's such multi-dimensions and facets to love that are so so broad just have a lot of texture to it rather than how I thought of it which is to be honest is like the Disney oh you meet the person and then everything is all hunky-dory and flowery after you meet the person and things are great and it's happily ever after what I found interesting is all of those Disney movies, you never know what happens after the happily ever after. You don't see them in the day-to-day when they have kids and things like that. So, yeah, I think for me, uh, I'm learning that love is, is just very, has a lot of texture, has a lot of weight, has a lot of complexity. So what would what was your previous definition of love? That's a good question. I don't think that I had a definition for it, but I would think that it was 
oh, I, I say that I love you. You say that you love me. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) We, um, I think I had this idea that you just kind of become this one body person. And once you say that you love someone and that person says that they love you, you're kind of bound and locked together and you become this unit of one person rather than have your own separate identities, your own separate ideas of of who you are, how the relationship is, upbringing, all of those different things. So I, yeah, I think I just... I th- that's why I was saying that I think it was very one dimensional because I just was like, yeah, I love you. You love me. And that's what like what 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 more is there beyond that? <laughs> yeah, let's fall in love. Yeah. No choice. Yeah. I fall. You fall. We fall together. We, we fell. Now that we on the floor. Now that we done <laughs> fell. I don't even know from where or how. Let's just do this. Right. And I think my definition of love was, it just is, to your point. Like, I have a strong feeling, typically romantic, maybe sexual. I have this, I have this strong feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this person constantly. And I want to spend my time with them as much as possible. And then that's it. Exactly. And I want you to be who I want you to be so I can continue to love you. Whether or not that is who you are, whether or not that's the person that I even met, I just want you to be who I want you to be so I can continue to have this feeling inside my body for you. Because we fell. Now that I fell for you, then this is what it needs to be. The dictionary definition that Belle has in her book that we're going to debunk in a minute is that love tends to emphasize romantic love, which I don't even know we know what the definition of romantic is. No clue. Defining love first and foremost as profoundly tender, passionate affection for another person, especially when based on sexual attraction. Hmm. That removes parents, that removes, because if it's, if there's adding that sexual component, you're missing out on a whole, (laughs) a lot of different loves are missing out. It's missing out on platonic love. I mean, it's missing out, like it's to your point, one dimensional, one Mm -hmm. note. And it also makes love sound like a thing that is, like a noun. One of the things that I appreciate about Bell Hooks is that she's like, love is not, it's not a noun. It's actually action. And there are things up in here about it. This is another definition that she got from The Road Less Traveled, which was first published in 1978 by M. Scott Peck. This is similar to Eric Fromm's thoughts about love and this is one aspect of the definition because i think love it has multiple elements right it's the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth 
They go on to say, love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Will also implies choice. We do not have to love, we choose to love. This goes beyond like the falling. This Mm -hmm. goes beyond the Disney happily ever after. Right. This really kicks it up. (laughs) Yeah. Because spiritual growth and what that means that the spiritual growth part in the intentional i think that was one of the words that was used it's it's a choice i think that if many of us were to think of love we would feel as though we just do it we don't think of the fact that we can actively choose to love someone's spiritual growth your own spiritual growth or that of another. Like that ain't no that ain't no cakewalk. A spiritual spiritual growth. Look at any of the world religions and I don't subscribe to any of them. Even if you look at like naturalized based religions, spiritual growth there is suffering. There is pain. There is rigor. There are times of being lost. There are times of being confused. There's joy and there's pleasure and there's happiness. But in any kind of spiritual story, it ain't everybody just going around like, do, 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 let's hold hands in the forest and skip in the woods. I mean, it's none of that. Yeah. Spiritual growth is very rigorous and scary and full of fear and doubt what that looks like for you what your shadows are what your journey is is not necessarily mine so to support someone else and what that is really for them to get closer to who they are and their truth and to not like try to put your shit on top of that oh and by the way i'm also trying to advance my spiritual growth in this too and I have to be cognizant of both of those, that requires like a level of commitment. That requires a level of stick to itness, level of humility. Like all that Disney shit is in there. leave it to beaver shit. It's not there. I mean, Cosby show shit, that's out the door. When I started to really change my idea of love and what love meant to me, I started to think to myself well what was I doing before love was a very difficult emotion for me to feel and to express can I testify on that (laughs) (laughs) can I say as a witness I agree through this test I have a testimony I think that for me what I was feeling before was care which to me is a softer dare I say more palatable emotion for me rather than love love was and is work there's more density there's actual practice of love care can be hands-off it can be very flowery you can have care at a distance but if there's love and it's intentional there is practice that happens that doesn't have the same type of distance as care where with love like you are you're in it there's there's action, there is communication, there is accountability, there's pain. 
all of that is in love and the other piece and I don't know how you feel about this but for me I think that I always felt that okay well love is just this emotion that stands alone by itself but love has pain in it I tried to separate the two for a very long time just like well I can't have love and pain it's hard to separate those two those two work together and not in a bad way they just that's how that's how they are I agree and one of the things that she talks about is that we start out committed to the right path but go in the wrong direction she references some of the things that you talked about to truly love care is in there but that is one component affection is in there recognition respect slash dignity commitment trust as well as honest and open communication i think that you and i have learned quite a bit about that because honest and open communication is not about giving your like blunt opinion about somebody else's stuff Mm -hmm. Like honest and open communication is really sharing what is in your vault. Yeah. What are the scary things? What are the true things? What are the things that I feel like you probably not going to want to hear? So I'm not going to really say it or I'm going to use so many words that I said a thing, but you have fucking no idea what I just said. Right. For me, that transparency, that openness to share what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Kendall knows and most people who know me are like, oh, you're transparent and you're upfront and you're very clear and decisive. You know what you know what you know. Yeah, I know what I know what I know. But sometimes I don't want to share what I feel what I feel, especially if those feelings are tender especially if those feelings of our vulnerability, especially if those feelings don't align to like what we thought was supposed to be. The moral thing, the right thing, the ethical thing, based on norms that I just kind of went along with, but were not necessarily my moral or ethical norms. Right. Also includes, love includes integrity. Mm-hmm. She doesn't mention that, but I think that's one of the pieces. Like, love requires integrity with myself first. I have to be aligned with how I feel, what I say, what I do, how I behave. And I also have to be in integrity with other people. For me, I have been on high horse many a times. (laughs) I was a fool on horseback, as my father references. I don't know the Bible. I don't read the Bible. But he would always reference the scripture, they're fools on horseback and princes or princesses walking the earth. So I would be that fool on the fucking horseback. Yeah, I will really say in the past couple of years, that horse got let free. (laughs) And I wasn't even like walking the earth. I was like crawling. The horse got free. Did it buck you off? Did it like... And then it, it it bucked you off, and you were like, "Oh, um, I feel like there were a couple people that slapped the horse in the ass. And said, go horse!" And then I fell on the floor. And I'm like, "Wait, you made my horse go away? No, that horse needed to go because yeah. I no longer wanted to be a fool." Mm-hmm. And so you were one of those people who smacked the shit out that horse's ass and said, "You got to go. This bitch has to get aligned." And that's the other thing, supporting someone else also in their accountability. She talked about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Love is work. If it's about 
the, your spiritual purpose or someone else's and it has all these different elements. Love is not a passive thing. Love can be still. My love can be still. I can be quiet in that. But it's not like a passive, it's not like a limp thing. It's not like lukewarm. Love requires movement, energetic movement, because spirituality requires movement. Yeah. From reading the book and also based on your own personal experience of this journey of love and understanding love for yourself, what would you say out of some of the, whether it's some of the examples that Bell Hooks gave, what were some of the things that were challenges to begin with or things that you thought that, okay, maybe this won't be such a challenge, but as you were coming up on it, it became, it, it was a challenge, whether that's the communication, the integrity, the, um, I forgot some of the other things that she said. Care, affection. Care, affection. What were some of the things that, you notice within yourself that, ooh, in practice, this was a challenge and I have to really put some extra effort into. I think honesty was my biggest thing. And it wasn't until quite recently that I shared with Kendall that I was constantly afraid of them leaving me. You know, I was showing like this confidence or people said it, I was showing confidence in our relationship and you felt the same way. But for the majority of our relationship, I mean, well over a decade, didn't, couldn't um, articulate that I thought that you would leave me. I also couldn't articulate that, hey, the way, the way that I'm moving in here is like very tight and contorting. I would feel guilty about wanting to spend time with other people outside of Kendall and our children. And doing that, like, I was turning my back because I I would be out for work, right, driving all this stuff. And so the time that we had together was limited. And so how dare I even request such a thing that wasn't the thing to do. You know, my lack of honesty and integrity with myself and with you was like the biggest hurdle. You know, the other thing recently that we have discussed is that I believe that I am polyamorous. And for me specifically, it is emotional and spiritual intimacy with more than one person. There can be some sensuality there. There can be some eroticism, but that, that is important to me. And I didn't even know to say, I didn't even know those words. Like I heard of polyamory and all these different things. And I was like, nah, like me and Kendall, like I'm too self-centered for us to be like fucking other people. And if we fucking other people, we fucking other people together. And if Kendall is making somebody else feel more... Like, what is that? Fuck that. Let's stop right now. Or like, you need to double up on me. Right? Like, it was a very kind of, my connotation was just very like this dirty kind of like, just salacious, just sexual, like, menage a trois orgy type thing. 
Um, and so even as things were like changing and I'm trying to get clear about everything, while I was trying to articulate what was going on, I think because I lacked being very vulnerable in my honesty and in my communication and even like not allowing myself to even be vulnerable with me. Like I feel like, I know, no, no, no. let's just, let's just shut all that down because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not appropriate. Mm-hmm. That um, being out of integrity like that was really hard. And it's still hard for me to sometimes really articulate how I'm feeling because I don't want to, I don't want to hurt the other person that I'm communicating with. So that was a really good question. What about for you? I mean, communication was always a struggle for me. So that wasn't anything that was new. I knew that in order to be in loving relationships, I had to communicate better. And so I wanted to really, prior to really understanding of this whole love thing, I knew that I needed to be better at my communication. Uh, so that, that, I wouldn't say that was the hang up for me. I think the hang up or the moment, the hurdle was really going back to that one dimensional idea of love that when you say that you love someone and that person says that they love you, that suddenly you become this single unit together and realizing that oh your spiritual journey your path is not going to be the same path as mine I I want to go down this way and you could be like that's great that's a beautiful path but that's not that's not my path and that was really hard for me to process because in my mind I thought well not only are we not only do we say that we love each other we're married we have kids we obviously obviously we're gonna be on the same path because ultimately like even our like end goal is the same we have a certain end goal of time and what we want aspirations and So I just assumed that the path to get there would be the same. If it wasn't, if we weren't in the same lane, we were going in the same direction at the same speed at the same, you know, it was just like, we're on the same highway, all of that. And when I realized that, oh, I can, we can still get to the same destination, but not only is our, not only our paths different, we're not going to be in the same car. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just using like high, you know, yeah. road trip analogies, yeah. but because <laughs> I but, would prefer the plane. <laughs> oh, either, either. But it was just the the journey and taking into account your history, my history. That was a real headspin for me because I had to really sit and be settled with. The fact that we, yes, we love each other, but that doesn't mean that the the journey of us going to the same ideal destination that we have 
is going to be the same. So your, your spiritual growth is going to be different. The pace is going to be different. The look is different. The things that you want and need for that, for your soul, for your joy, for your happiness, for your pleasure is going to be different. That was for me the, the hurdle. It still is a hurdle for me because while I know that we've gone through some really rough moments in the past year, two years, I mean, that's, that's one of many. <laughs> we've already had many hurdles and we're going to continue to have more hurdles. And so even now, as, as we rest in the, this like nice juicy moment of goodness of after all this work that we've put in and I'm resting in it I'm not thinking like oh shit there's about to be something else on the horizon but I do know that things will come and I just hope that the intentionality that we had and that we still have the accountability that we have the communication that we have that it's still there all the practices that we used as we exercise them more it won't feel so sore it won't feel so painful. What what I was imagining when you were saying that, and I don't know why I didn't realize this before, like also my definition of love and being in a relationship with someone, it it's like, oh, twinning. We're twinning. And I think yeah. about the two twin. I, I think about the set of twins in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, Tweedledee, Tweedledum. Right? Yeah. I I mean, like, I was thinking we were Tweedledee, yeah. Tweedledum. I was Tweedledum. You was Tweedledee. Either way. And, you know, like, we twinning. Yeah. And we got to keep twinning. <laughs> and, I mean, and I would, you know, bark at people who would say, Kendall and I look alike. I'm like, no. And she, y'all, she look like, they look like your sister. No. <laughs> but, like, but I was like, oh, we twinning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we like, twinning. we twinning. We, we twinning. twinning. We twinning. Because twinning is winning. Twinning is winning, so we twinning. And, you know, as it got pointed out, I think, to the both of us, like, this, like, y'all are enmeshed. <laughs> y'all, like, this in this union, yeah, y'all could be in a union, but y'all are not one. Mm -hmm. And nor should you be. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, how do you respect and honor each person's individuality? And the unit that you are in for commitment. You know, that also is a monogamous point of view. Like, we twin in, it's the two of us. When there are other relationship structures and dynamics, that it's not two. So even that whole thing of we twin in, and then it is, it is being brought up to us in experience and observations and pain and outside reflections for us that no y'all ain't twins and then it's like oh my god well and if we can't if we're not twins then how can we be together because mm -hmm. that's what that's that's what we've been we've been doing like i've been sh stuffing things so we could twin and you don't say things so we could twin so what are we doing if we're not twinning yeah because the same way that you felt that i would leave you is the same way that I had the same feeling I had the same thought I yeah I just had this idea that when you get to a point where you've been married and you've been with someone for a long time you just kind of stamp down those parts of yourself 
that are not in the same circle or same cipher as your partner. I don't know where I got that from. I don't know if it's television or things that I saw or just hive mind, collective consciousness idea of this is what you do when you're in a relationship. But to be able to have individuality and still be together, I thought, well, then well, well, what the fuck is the point of being together? If you individual, what's the point? I mean, that's legit how I thought. Like, what's the point of being your own, I might as well be single and date as opposed to being married and committed. Wow, this is like an epiphany. Because I essentially was like, the minute I put this ring on, I'm giving up my individuality. I'm giving up my personhood. I'm giving up my identity to be joined to this person. That's how I felt marriage was. Over time, we both realized kind of around the same time that was just like, or maybe yours was early, I don't know. But I realized for myself that, oh, that's not how this works because it goes deeper than people always use the analogy of like when you're on a plane and, you know, put your mask on first before you help someone else. It goes deeper than that before. I mean, because if you're using that analogy for real, for real, that means the plane is going down. (laughs) You are crashing or there's some extreme situation in which you have to put your mask on. I don't want to get to that point of putting my mask on when it's a dire situation. But that's ultimately what happened for me was I was in a dire situation of self-identity. And then I started to realize like, oh, I got to put my mask on. I got to start taking care of myself first. And then I had to strip back all of that. The feeling of like, well, if I put myself first, then I'm neglecting my family. I'm neglecting my spouse. I'm neglecting my children. And if I put myself first... Not even like, I don't think selfish is a bad word. I was just like, I'm I'm being neglectful. I'm abandoning them. That That is so, like we were, and that, as we're talking about this, like we were thinking the same thing. This is again about like being honest with yourself so that you can also be honest with others. I was thinking the same thing. Well, like if I'm doing these things for me, the word selfish, actually, to your point, is not a negative word. You can have malignant or narcissistic selfishness, but to be selfish, to care for self, there's nothing wrong with that. And I think when you were like, where did that come from? I mean, a lot of it, I think, came from white, male, able-bodied patriarchy. But also as black, queer folks, like we don't have agency. We are in service to and for others, like the self. And then to add like another layer to this for you and I, we're already like black lesbians, black queer people. Let me be an impeccable queer Negro and my impeccable queer Negro family. Look at us materialistically. Look at how we look presenting in very traditional ways mm-hmm. instead of being in the act of loving it is the act of like addressing all this other shit mm-hmm. we're not even loving each other anymore it, we're now loving putting care and commitment and all these things to these things that have nothing to do with us i have fell in love with fear 
I have fallen in fear. And so that is the thing that I'm really fear of you losing me, fear of, you know, rejection from society, fear of rejection from other people. So you're right, like that whole like individuality. No, when we got married, it still had like a lot of traditional things that never really had spirit, never really had like the rigors of love. The foundation really wasn't love as us supporting each other's spiritual growth with all of these different elements. And so then we got to a point, as Kendall said, where we're like, we can't fit this box anymore. And we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. But we've always lived in this box. It felt like the box was shrinking. I agree with you. Like, I feel that uh, analogy or that visual of the box. And I also think it was that the box was shrinking. So you felt like, yeah, I put myself in this box. Sure, fine, no problem. It's all right. (laughs) And then over time, it's the box becomes tighter and tighter and tighter to where you can't breathe, you can't stretch. And I don't know about you, but there are times where I kind of reflect back on earlier times in our relationship and I started to feel that I couldn't stretch myself. I knew that it was coming from me, but I, I didn't even have the language or understanding to realize like, why do I feel like I can't do this? Like, why do I feel as though I can't stretch and be myself in these different ways? I closed myself off where I retreated a lot from my family. I retreated a lot from my friends. I just kept making that box smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller because as we see into Summer's point, so much of what our culture, United States culture, is this insular family, this nuclear family of spouse, and it better be masculine energy with one and feminine energy with the other because we can't even get... No, you got to have... Right, that's the other kind of pillar that that's what um, society is telling us. You got to have a spouse. It's got to have, if it doesn't on the outside have this representation of binary, you better have some type of energy that represents one is on this side of the spectrum and the other's on this side of the spectrum. And two kids, dog. Boom. We literally had a white we picket did. fence. We had a white picket fence. Two children, a dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You worked primarily inside the home. Yep. I worked primarily outside of the home. Yep. And we were both looking at each other like, what the fuck are we doing? We were enrolled as opposed to in love. Mm-hmm. And all of that, to your point, like this insular, individualistic, like nuclear, all of that was about fucking capitalism. <laughs> so even that, and to your point, like we insulated ourselves from our support systems. Mm-hmm. Not only did we insulate ourselves, we either were neutral or actively supported the other person insulating themselves from their support system and their the people who care and love them. Not only just physical people, but there was an encouragement of insulate 
yourself even from spirit, insulate yourself from ancestors, insulate, like just insulate. I don't know how we're going to figure this out because we set this whole shit up to fail, but we are going to insulate ourselves, contort, not be honest, not tell it who we are, not open ourselves up for love. Don't be vulnerable, but don't leave me. Fuck it. Don't leave me. I don't, I'm not going to leave you, but I'm not here. Like I'm not even present. I want your body here. My body is going to be here. Where are we? Who are they? Where are we? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we were playing roles. We were shells. The visual that I have is that we had this chocolate it was just like chocolate candy exterior but inside it was there was hollow or at least not hollow because then that's saying that we didn't have any type of personhood i think that there was just the lights had dimmed and i'll say for me that was that was even before that preceded you that preceded me meeting you that was before summer entered into my life that light had already dimmed summer did not dim that light and no one dimmed it for me i knew that i was dimming that light and i was dimming the light because i like my story was that people were like oh girl you too much oh child you too much you something else you a trip you are a lot right and i didn't i gave it like a little bit of flair <laughs> florence from the jeffersons but it also sounds like my cousin right without and I would also receive that at work. Like, I was getting all of this stimuli and all of these inputs that you are too much. Kendall, from my vantage point, was quiet. And they were still and all these other things. So, if I'm this, like, boombastic, you know, rah, rah, like a dungeon dragon. Like, if I am all of that, that's too much for them and that was too much for our oldest daughter and so they didn't even ask I mean they would say why are you yelling I mean that's just one aspect of it but I would I was really like oh okay I need to continue to get small as the box gets small it was like okay you want this family and you want this choice for them because all like my career has been about um not necessarily ambition, but making sure that I had choice to provide for my family. And in order to give them that choice, I needed to fit. So you might be black and queer and masculine of center and all these other kind of things. We don't care. If you want to move forward, you have to look like a, like it was like, oh, I need to like punch in to be an auto bot. And so it wasn't you all that encouraged me turning into like a Autobot, a transformer. But it was like, oh, this is what I have to do for our family to continue to have choice. And the more I like made myself small, the less choice I had. Like I couldn't, I felt like I was suffocating. And it wasn't Kendall. It wasn't Kendall. It wasn't our children. Like I was suffocating myself. Because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Where is the love in that? That's not love. Though I thought I was doing it for love. That's not love. 
right now what we're focusing on is love and how it shows up in relationship with someone else. Yes, how we feel about ourselves, but bouncing off with someone else. And we could really, really get in depth with loving of self. Because I will say for me, in order for me to get to this point of really loving you intentionally, really committing to you, I first started with intentional and active self-love practices. And that was hard. Self-love in a black household, I don't know about y'all. If you're a person of color, any BIPOC folks, to see true self-love in your household when you were growing up, I didn't really know what that was because they didn't know. We go back to the history of Black people in this society, in Western civilization for the past four to 500 years. People were in slavery longer then people have been free. Right. And Bell Hooks talks about that. Like she talks about self-love. One of the things is first overcoming low self-esteem. And she references lengthy work called the six pillars of self-esteem. And they talk about the important dimensions of self-esteem. It's the practice of living consciously. We weren't doing that. Self-acceptance. We just talked about how we wasn't doing that. Self-responsibility, where, what? (laughs) Self-assertiveness, to assert oneself. You are in a black body. How dare you? Because if you assert yourself, then you this angry angry. black person. You're a threat, all these other kind of things. Living purposefully and the practice of personal integrity. The time when I started intentionally working on loving myself, if you would have said those things to me, it would have sounded like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? It sounds like Klingon. I have no idea how to translate that, what that looks like. I don't think that I even still have words or dialogue to be able to explain that, what that is. There's anti-black racism, mm-hmm. right? There's patriarchy. There's Mm -hmm. anti-black capitalism, right? There's all these different things. And so you go, well, shit, how can I do that? Look at all these barriers against me. Like, I I can't succeed. And it's not even about succeeding. But she also takes that into account. Like, taking responsibility means that in the face of barriers, we still have the capacity to invent our lives. I would also say to invest in our lives, Mm -hmm. too. To shape our destinies in a way that maximizes our well-being. Every day we practice the shape-shifting to cope with realities we cannot easily change. It is to take responsibility for my actions and the attainment of my goals for my life and well-being. So it's not like all these different things are not there. Injustice is there. Mm-hmm. And still choosing you in a selfish mm-hmm. way. Yep, selfish, self-centered. This whole, you know, it has been co-opted, like self-care, community care, wellness. And Belle was talking about this fucking 20 years ago. 
And keep in mind that none of those things that she mentioned had anything to do... There was nothing that she mentioned that had to do with any type of monetary thing. It was not about a bubble bath, though. A bubble, bubble bath, bath could be in there, yeah, bubble right? bubble could be in there. It was not about... Taking yourself to the spa to go get, like, a spa treatment. Those things are great, and I'm not discounting that because I think that definitely carving out time for yourself is important. But when you strip away the actionable things that require some type of monetary exchange, what is it that you're actually doing? You can do stuff, and trust me, I love a good bubble bath. Like, oof, you, oof. That's, I love bubble baths. But I have, I don't take them in a way to be like, oh, like this is a self, like I'm taking it because I have an intention of combining also some spirituality in it. If I've had a really long day and I'm like, this is something that I know that I need that will help me. If I'm taking a bubble bath, it's because I know that I need to come down because I've spent a lot of time in some type of movement activity something and i need to replenish my body i need for my body to rest which rest for me top self-love self-care practice rest and so for me to do something that requires slowing down and like really listening yeah i can get a massage that's great too love massages But ultimately, it's like, okay, it's not that I do it in a, in so often where it's like, oh, this has just become kind of like pr- regular practice for me. It's I'm doing this because this is, is in, in my mind, is intentionally working towards some type of like rest, some type of healing, some type of rejuvenation that I need that will help me to just clear everything away. And get back to focusing on the purpose, whatever my purpose is, whatever my intention is for my life. And so that, those practices, those things that I do, I understand the meaning behind it. I, what, what I appreciate is like, again, it is actionable. It is, you know, my favorite word, like it's rigorous, right? Like this is an intention for the self to be self-responsible to have personal integrity, to to get to like what your purpose is. Well, when Kendall and I first met, they told me that they were a shaman. And I was like, yeah, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> One, I, I'm really sorry for being dismissive. And I have apologized. And I, I didn't mean it in a dismissive way. But when they were articulating more that it was important for them to do like their spiritual work, I'm like... Yeah, as long as long as you by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But even that, like, oh, I want to go be with, or I want to travel to do this thing, or my thing was like, oh, they are now gonna find somebody who is spiritually attuned to them. People are gonna like, they're gonna realize, oh, you's a flunky, spunky, like worldly person over here, where. There's a spiritual longing and these people over here have it. And so because of that, I must leave you. I would have the realization yes. that you're yes. the flunky. Yes, you're the flunky. I'm the flunky. Oh, okay. That I'm the flunky. Got it. Okay. Even when you were like, oh, I have to do this thing for me. 
right? Again, this talks about like the passivity. Like I would be neutral or I'd be like, oh, what is that? And like give you the rock eye. Like what is that? <laughs> I encourage your blockage, right? And so if I'm encouraging your secrecy, then that means I'm also encouraging mine. Secrecy will fuck up any kind of active yeah. love that you're trying to be in. It feels so... It feels... Ugh. It just feels very uncomfortable for me. Secrecy? It does. There's nothing comfortable about it. Because secrecy is lying. There's nothing I mean, secrecy has lies in it. All of these things don't contribute to me loving someone. That just, like, contributes to fear and shadows, which creates barriers. I know kind of how I would think and say things before, years ago. And if you were to say to me, well, you're being secretive. No. No, I'm not. I knew that I was. Yet, the reason why I would have been so defensive of it at the time was just because I knew it just, it felt so uncomfortable to not be able to express different parts of myself that whole kind of compartmentalizing myself right because I wouldn't be able to be spiritual with you but I could be spiritual with my friend then I felt like well I'm doing this thing which is such an important part of my life I'm doing this with someone else but I'm missing out on sharing this with my spouse the person that I want to share the rest of my life with or I'm sharing this with my parents, you know, it's just like I, that whole kind of like severing or sectioning yourself off and being, I'm sure many of you, I don't know if you're listening, you feel like you've done this where you feel like, well, I'm one way with my partner and then I'm another way with my friends and I'm another way with my coworkers. I'm a, that's too much work to be all these different people. Well, then it's like, well, who are you? I started to like, I don't even know who the fuck I am. And I think a lot of people, when they get to this kind of age and stage, it's like, well, who, who am I? Wait, what what age are we? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, God. And at this point, people are calling us, like, older, older. and middle age. I'm 43 at the time of this recording. I'm 40. I'm about to be 44. Jeez. Yeah. I'm not even, like, new 43. I'm, like, old 43, it. which I'm, like, it. preemie 44. I don't even know who I am. Which means, how can you even choose to love me? Because you're not, I've give, I'm not even giving you the choice to love me because you don't even know who I am. And I don't have the choice to love you because I don't even know who you are. But if I show you who I am, then you may not love me anymore. And I'd rather be in this relationship. I'd rather be with you than to take the chance of showing you who I am and you rejecting me. I mean, we could go on and on about so many things. And I think, too, when we talk separately about self-love, we can get even deeper into that. Because it also brings up not just societal narratives that are placed on you, but familial, how things that your parents carried... How they parent you that informs of how you love yourself or what you know how you don't love yourself Fa- family pa- parents 
Yeah, parents, siblings, whoever, caretakers that you've had. Many, multiple caregivers, right. Friends, Mm -hmm. teachers, Mm -hmm. colleagues, bosses. But those early foundational years. Classmates, I mean, just teachers. Where you are, Mm -hmm. institutions, right? Right. Like all these nested things that we will talk about in, in another podcast episode. But like... A lot. It's, it's a, a lot. And it's like, oh, you 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 still want love? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's, you know, I think that's the core, though. Because if there is not love, what the fuck is the point of life? I'd have to sit with that. Yeah, like if there's not love, then what is the point of life? And I don't mean love of another person. I'm just saying, period. Mm-hmm. Foundation. If there is not love and actively getting better and better and better about love, then what is mm. the point? Mm. It is the most powerful force energy in the in the universe, multiverse. Many 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 spiritual teachers I have said or believe. That that's how the universe was even created. The Big Bang started because Source Spirit said, I want to experience. I want to experience something. And that something turned out to be this emotion that we call love. We call it that. We give it that name. But there's no word for it. And so in that moment, boom, the universe was created and then from there everything spilled out and so yeah like that that is it right again i don't know no christian stuff i will <laughs> i will throw some sh- shit out it will be wrong somebody could correct me or not because I, I it doesn't matter um but like the whole concept of if god is love mm-hmm. and then we are the manifestation of god like god is in us mm-hmm. Then we are love Mm -hmm. and we have to actively Mm -hmm. be loving beings. We have to be all about love. So there, that is the, that is the, that is the floor. (laughs) What we've gotten wrong is what that means and what we're trying to get closer to, right? Getting closer to self is actually getting closer to love. Mm-hmm. Getting closer to self, getting closer to love, is getting closer to spirit. Back to the spiritual journey and supporting yourself and others in mm-hmm. in their spiritual journey and growth. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to tie it all back. We will not drop this mic because it's too expensive and we need it. But that would be a mic droppable moment. And then y'all be like, what's that? Boom. And then y'all won't listen no more because we have abrasive and offensive sounds. Yeah. This was deep. This was deep. Can I say one thing? Sure. I love you. I love you. Can I say one more thing? Yes. And I love myself. That's wonderful. I love myself as well. I'm getting better at it. That's good.
We're high-fiving right now. We want to know, what do you, what do you think about love? Are you done with love? Do you think Bell Hooks is full of shit? Do you think we are? Are there other elements that should be included? Are there elements, other elements that you include in your loving? Uh, let us know. Subscribe. And please comment. You'll able to find this podcast where any anywhere that you can get access to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcast. And share. Share. Like, if you feel as this podcast this information was really hitting home for you and you know someone that this information would resonate with them share sharing is caring sharing is loving and with that we're in here but we about to get out of here so until the next time yes bye bye i'm in here is produced and edited by me kendall The intro music was also created by me. You can find my wellness business, In Her Power, on Instagram at inher underscore power or on Twitter at inherpower. You can email me with any questions, concerns, ideas, thoughts that you may have. My email address is kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L, at inherpower.space. To help support me in continuing to bring you some great content, I invite you to become a patron. Please make sure you review, share, and subscribe to this podcast.